from Indianapolis with an eye on every corner of Indiana. This is IBJ Media's Inside Indiana Business with Gary Dick. Presented by Ice Miller and Indiana University. Planes. Trains and, well, maybe not automobiles, but made in Indiana goggles driving the next wave of high tech in the operating room. Cutting edge technologies can help us reimagine what's possible. Next on Inside Indiana Business. Indianapolis International Airport landing another prestigious award, retailers in the terminal pushing all things local, and what's next for air travel. Plus... I don't think the people of Michigan City really understand how fantastic their town is. The new South Shore Double Track Rail Project in Northwest Indiana. How it's starting to fuel millions of dollars of growth in Michigan City. And those goggles? See how this Indiana company is taking a leading role in high-tech health care. Hello and welcome to Inside Indiana Business. I'm Gary Dick, coming to you this week from Indianapolis International Airport. For 10 years running, this facility voted the best airport in North America, handling 8 million passengers annually, 130 flights daily. But the pandemic really shut things down here for basically two years, from grounded flights to food service. Indy lost its coveted nonstop to Paris. It was a virtual ghost town here, and there were predictions that a recovery would be years in the making. But there are signs now of a quicker turnaround in the works. Long talked about restaurants and retail expansion beginning to take shape here. And the airport learned this week it has earned yet another prestigious honor, named the top airport for customer service for mid-sized airports in North America by J.D. Power. And joining me now from the airport is the executive director of the Indianapolis Airport Authority, uh, Mario Rodriguez. And Mario, uh, thanks for joining us uh, and uh, hosting us out here. I see you've got the awards lined up here. Uh, The J.D. Power Award, which is a a big award regarding customer service. And the airport receiving this award as the best medium-sized airport for customer service. Oh, it's an incredible, by the way, it's an incredible honor to have you here at the airport. And it is an incredible honor to have received the J.D. Power Award because it is so meaningful. You know, we concentrate very much on taking care of our people, making sure our people are respected and well-treated, making sure the community is well-treated. And this is just a byproduct of all of that. They're treating our customers incredibly well. And this is our customers speaking. Our customers are saying we are the best medium-sized airport in the United States got this award for performance during the pandemic, and certainly the pandemic has has impacted airports, uh, everyone uh, all over the country. Talk about, before we get into the recovery, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Mario, how bad it got here a couple of years ago during the pandemic? Oh, it got really incredibly bad. But one of the things that we were so, you could call it visionary, you could say dumb luck, but it happened anyway. We had 400 operating days of reserve. So we kept everybody on staff. While other people's let go of a large amount of their staff, we kept all our people here, we kept them employed, they kept working, they kept this facility going, and they kept the highest level of customer service. We kept training them, and this is a byproduct of all of that. It got really bad. Yep. You talk about a recovery that's happening. It was expected to take several years mm-hmm. beginning to happen. Now, one indicator, nonstop flights. You lost a lot, and that seems to be coming back. Well, it seems to be coming back faster than we anticipated, which is good. Although the the, the, the 
industry is in a transformative phase right now. We were up to 50 nonstops before the pandemic. We went down to 30 and now we're up to 46 and gaining on that 50 number, which is a magic number. And it's way more than any of our comparable airports in the Midwest have. The flying experience is tough, uh, you know, all over the country. Anything you could um, say to, to Hoosiers and others watching this show in terms of that experience, is it going to get any better? Not anytime soon. The, the, the airlines have lost a lot of capacity. This was going to happen anyway. But COVID compressed a decade into two years. A lot of people have retired, mostly the flight crews, the executives of the airlines. So they're missing that additional capacity. It's going to be difficult. What I would say my recommendation, which I take myself, is try not to check a bag and try to take an early flight. Because the earlier the flight, as long as the flight launches to your nonstop destination, you're going to get there. Now, the later in the day, the airlines tend to run into problems if problems do occur, weather problems, mm -hmm. mechanical problems, and things like that. It tends to snowball on them. You mentioned that recovery. Uh, there's also a recovery of sorts happening, seems to be, when it comes to, to, to restaurants uh, and retail and some things that have been talked about for a while put on hold because of the pandemic. Oh, absolutely. We, we had this wonderful plan right before the pandemic to revamp the entire concessions area. That's happening right now. Restaurants are opening. The Pacers Club is going to open. Uh, Shake Shack is going to yeah. open. All these wonderful restaurants are going to open slowly. Now, the state is wonderfully well capable of handling all this and it has one of the lowest unemployment numbers of the entire country that's good on one side and bad on the other bad on finding employees to run right. those restaurants yep mario rodriguez uh, indianapolis uh, airport uh, recovery happening quicker than anticipated big award as well mario thanks as always thank you very much Gary. all right Mario talked about that recovery when it comes to uh, to retail uh, and food uh, operations, food options here at the airport. Our Mary Rachel Redmond uh, is standing by in another part of the airport with an update on that. Mary Rachel. Well, Gary, when it comes to grabbing a bite to eat at the airport, you'll notice a theme. It's local, 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 and nothing says Indy more than Harry and Izzy's shrimp cocktail. Yum. Yum is right. And to get the 411 on all of the exciting new local offerings coming to IND, I caught up with David Shaw, the man in charge of it all. Reopen the new side to have a full on uh, brand new restaurant. And it's, it's very beautifully hidden right here. He gave us a literal behind closed doors tour of what's on tap now and down the road. So as we enter the new expanded location of Harry and Izzy's, um, you know, you'll see that the square footage is absolutely increasing. The existing bar is still here. Uh, that's being uh, torn out and rebuilt. Uh, but we'll add a, a lot more uh, dining, a lot more seating. And how about this view of the runway? Next up. Heading a little bit further down Terminal A, we've got Tinker Coffee, which is also a big local brand. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great location for us at the end of Concourse A. Having a local business like this unique is the owner is not too far away. How big of um, an asset is that? Yeah, it's just crucial to have local ownership here in the airport, make sure that the location here in the airport is uh, operating as, as it should be. And from local coffee to 
It's called the Indiana Grown Market, which is about in the middle of Concourse B. And as you see, it's this beautiful wow. uh, full-service uh, farm-to-table, uh, grab-and-go, carry-out, uh, local bar. And before you actually get to your terminal, the latest addition to Civic Plaza, the Pacers Courtside Club. A lot of the menu items are, are named really creatively either around Pacers players or around basketball or around the fever or stuff like that. So that'll be a really nice uh, local touch to that location. I mean, this is the people's airport. When local businesses are featured here in the airport, that's local jobs, that's local products. It supports families that live here in the city and the state, and, th and that's just so important to us. And that focus on local uh, indeed is expanding here. The hope is it will add to the some $10 million in revenue generated by concessions here at the airport. Well, up next, we go back in studio where we're tracking another expanding mode of transportation in Indiana, the massive South Shore double track project along the shores of Lake Michigan in Northwest Indiana. How it's already pulling in hundreds of millions of dollars in new investment. Plus, a very familiar Hoosier broadcast icon is my guest this week on the Business and Beyond podcast. And he, he looks and he goes, do they allow guns in here? That oh, was wow. the very first thing he said to me with that gun on his hip. And he said that to me. And I said, why are, do you have one? Are you carrying one? He goes, oh, no, I just wondered. Fox 59 anchor Angela Gano talks about her encounter with fertility doctor Donald Klein and a story that attracted national attention and much more on the Business and Beyond podcast. Well, South Shore Rail Line double track project in Northwest Indiana transforming the landscape in the region. But a new $240 million mixed use development will not only change the skyline in Michigan City, developers hope it will also create potentially more than $680 million in economic impact in the first 15 years of that project. Once finished, expected to generate $10 million annually from visitors and tourists. Please welcome back to the show Tom Dockage, a partner at YAB Development Partners, joining us from Las Vegas uh, with more on this transformational project. Tom, thanks for joining us. I know you're on a fundraising trip and appreciate you taking the time uh, to join us. Tell us about this project. I know it's been talked about for a long time, but continues uh, to get bigger. Thanks for having me. It's uh, it's kind of a great time to be a Hoosier. The double tracking in that uh, Governor Holcomb, Lieutenant Governor Crouch, Bill Hanna and others created a, uh, a way to get from Indi from from Michigan City to downtown Chicago. And it's similar time frame all the way out to Naperville. This project capitalizes on that. All the work that was done in the legislature and done in Northwest Indiana to make it such that double tracking was a reality creates a fact that we're going to put $240 million into Michigan City. It's going to create $680 million worth of economic development, going to generate $125 million in taxes, some of it $10 million a year. Are, are roughly going to be annual sales tax, 8.2 million a year, um, and 18 million dollars a year in, in 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 wages. It's a great time to look at our area there as, as, as being a more comprehensive plan. Uh, and double tracking was the start of that. Yeah, 235 uh, room Wyndham Hotel, uh, condos, uh, retail, a lot uh, in this mixed use development. You mentioned the double tracking project. A lot of people have talked about it. It's a spark for more uh, activity. I, I read a quote from you saying you're sick and tired of having Illinois residents passing through northwest Indiana on the way to Michigan. Do you think this project can help uh, change that? I really do. I, um, I, I mean, I grew up in northwest Indiana. Uh, I love it. Uh, we 
everybody extols the virtues of Southwest Michigan as being the greatest place in the world. And my my point is, is wait a minute here. Look at look at what's going on in Michigan City. Look at the marina in Michigan City. Look at our the whole LaPorte County area. It's just as nice. It just isn't as developed as as Southwest Michigan. Yeah. Hey, Tom, because a lot of people around the state maybe, you know, don't see the action, the activity happening in northwest Indiana. But I know you yourself have kind of a broader, comprehensive picture when you look at northwest Indiana, this uh, multi-use development, uh, but also uh, Internet related, fiber related and some some other infrastructure things that you're involved with as well. So you'll remember over the last four years, we built a data center, uh, a state of the art data center in 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 uh, Hammond, uh, Mayor McDermott has been a fantastic friend to us up there. And uh, we, that's a $300 million development that bring that, that started with, with just an idea. We took a coal burning power plant and turned it into, into the largest data center in Indiana. Subsequent to that, we've also, we're also developed a fiber network, put in $17 million into a fiber network that traverses the, the South shore or the, uh, uh, Indiana Toll Road, and we're putting in 10 million more into a quantum corridor. The idea is is that the assets that are in Chicago should be bursting at their seams to come over to business friendly Indiana, and we want to make it make that possible for them. Tom Dockich uh, with details on uh, Momentum uh, building in northwest Indiana in part with this $240-plus million uh, mixed-use development uh, in uh, Michigan City. Tom, thanks for joining us, and look forward to following these projects. Thanks for having me. Take care. All right. Some good news for Hoosier Hoops fans. The Indianapolis-based Horizon League and Indiana State Fair Commission have announced an extension of their partnership. The deal will keep the league's men's and women's basketball championships at Indiana Farmers Coliseum at the fairgrounds through 2026. Well, in our next segment, Indiana at the center of cutting-edge technology and healthcare. Check this out. More on the Hoosier tie to these high-tech goggles that surgeons will soon use in operating rooms. And in this week's IBJ, Dave Lindquist sits down with a key leader from the company taking over Emma's Communications. Plus, a look at the spike in co-warehousing in central Indiana, how the surge in cyber crimes is boosting the bottom line for an Indianapolis-based startup. This is Alex Brown. Get caught up on the state's top business news every business day with Inside Indiana Business Radio On Demand. This twice-daily podcast features our statewide Inside Indiana Business Radio reports with additional bonus content that you can listen to anytime, anywhere. You can listen now on the podcast page at InsideIndianaBusiness.com or subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, Warsaw-based Zimmer Biomed is the first orthopedic company to use a new mixed reality technology that projects holograms in the operating room. Business of Health reporter Kylie Valletta is here with more. Kylie. It's one of those technologies that makes you say, wow. Hip Insight is the first FDA-approved mixed reality navigation system for total hip replacement. The orthopedic giant just announced an exclusive agreement with Boston-based Surgical Planning Associates to commercialize Hip Insight, so the system is customized to work only with Zimmer Biomet hip implants. The surgeon wears Microsoft HoloLens glasses during a hip procedure and using a hologram 
radiograph, a three-dimensional image of that patient's pelvic anatomy is projected onto the surgical field. Zimmer Biomet Chief Science, Technology, and Innovation Officer, Dr. Nathan Goyle, says it takes the precision of implant placement to the next level. Boy, it's an exciting time in med device and in orthopedics specifically. I mean, um, I think previously surgeons used to be really comfortable with just placing implants and doing procedures by your eye, you know, um, kind of by your experience. I'll tell you that uh, it's been a generational change. I think that new surgeons, as they come out, dem are demanding precision uh, with tech with implant placement and in the way we do procedures. And honestly, that's uh, ultimately going to uh, benefit the patients the most. So it's exciting. I mean, uh, especially in orthopedics, the power of big data, advanced technologies is probably allowing us to make meaningful improvements um, uh, for the first time in a long time. It looks like science fiction. When Does it feel like science fiction when you're using it? Oh, God, it, uh, it certainly does. Uh, the first time you put it on, uh, you feel like you might be in that movie Minority Report uh, where you're interacting with holograms and um, the, the surgeon's immediate response is usually, wow, you know, this is this is incredible because you're you're looking at the patient's body and you're seeing inside of it even before you've cut skin. Um, and so it gives you this sense of next level technology that can truly be, honestly, be improved upon even further uh, to make even more meaningful changes. Do you think this marks uh, sort of a new era in orthopedic surgery? Is it changing the standard? Absolutely. I mean, now more than ever, precision implant placement with tools like OptiView Mixed Reality and Hip Insight is becoming rapidly the standard of care. And um, it's exciting. I mean, it's exciting for patients. Uh, I'm, uh, I think that ultimately will improve patient outcomes. And um, if we can do that, that's probably the most meaningful thing we could do. That is amazing technology. <laughs> yeah, right. That video was, uh, was really great. Um, I think it's interesting, too. This technology, cutting-edge technology, is not just for the big hospitals. Big hospitals and small can, can utilize That's it. right. He said it's portable. So anywhere from these hip implants, all implant surgeries are very common now in these small surgery centers. So it's usable there. It's usable yeah. in a large university hospital. So he likes the portability of it, too. Interesting, too. I think this is another great example of innovation in the orthopedics capital of the world. Uh, in northern Indiana. Why did this Boston company pick Zimmer Biomet? Well, Zimmer Biomet says it just makes sense. They're the market leader for hip, knee, and shoulders. And Surgical Planning Associates was looking for someone who already had a mixed reality portfolio, and Zimmer Biomet does. So this just adds into the portfolio that they already have. So it's such a neat story of yeah. an Indiana company just really leading yeah. the charge in something very cutting edge. And it makes sense that they would go to the orthopedic capital right. of the world to partner. Yep, fascinating technology. Thanks, Kylie. Yep. It's time to go inside innovation. Well, no ocean, no problem. Indiana has reeled in a new high-tech shrimp farming operation. Mexico-based Autoraya plans to build its first sustainable shrimp production operation in the United States right here in Indy on South Belmont Avenue, not far from the Lilly Technology Center. It's nearly $5 million investment and will include nearly two dozen high-tech shrimp boxes like uh, those you see on the screen. The company also plans to uh, hire up to 65 workers over the next three years.
Auburn-based ag tech startup Traction Ag has closed on a $3 million seed round of funding that includes participation from Allos Ventures, Hageman Group in Carmel, and Elevate Ventures. Traction says its platform brings farm-specific accounting capabilities into a fully digital suite that includes uh, filing and paying federal and state payroll taxes automatically. The startup currently has 16 employees and plans to double its engineering and customer service teams. Well, Terry Willie is stepping down from her role as managing director of IU Ventures. She joined IU in 2018 to launch and manage that fund and the $10 million Innovate Indiana Fund and the Shoebox Fund to support student innovation and entrepreneurship. She plans to step down in early November. Well, still ahead, we head to northern Indiana to see where $40 million in state grant money is going and what impact it could have on the South Bend Elkhart region. And don't miss IBJ's inaugural HR Impact Awards, October 13th. The event will shine a light on the work that goes into creating a great team. Join us to hear from leaders who have implemented innovative HR initiatives at RSVP by October 5th at ibj.com slash events. Here's what's making news now around Indiana. Fort Wayne-based Vera Bradley is named its next president and CEO. Jacqueline Ardre will succeed Robert Wallstrom, who announced plans earlier this year to step down. Ardre currently serves as president of Grandin Road, a home decor and furnishings company based in Ohio. Her 25-plus year career includes executive positions at gourmet food and gift retailer Harry and David and children's retailer Hannah Anderson. She'll begin her new role November 1. A telecommunications manufacturing facility in Warsaw is closing after struggling with a raw material shortage. Minnesota-based KGP company has notified the state. The closure will mean about 190 people will lose their jobs. Kosciuszko County Company manufactures devices for optical fiber networks. Evansville-based Escalade Sports has bagged a long-term licensing partnership with the American Cornhole League. The agreement gives the sports equipment maker the rights to make, sell, and distribute officially licensed ACL boards and bags. Cornhole League launched in 2016 and has broadcast deals with ESPN and CBS Sports. Well, we now know some of the projects that will be funded by ready grant money in the South Bend Elkhart region. The Regional Development Authority there has awarded 19 quality of place projects, a portion of $40 million in ready grants. They include $12 million for a Beacon Health Lifestyle District in South Bend, $1.5 million for a project at the Morris Performing Arts Center, and $5 million for the Mishawaka Fieldhouse. The organization says those projects could generate $465 million in total regional investment. For a look at all of the projects receiving funding, go to InsideIndianaBusiness.com. It's time now for Eye on Education. A university in southwest Indiana is seeing a big jump in undergraduate enrollment. Oakland City University in Gibson County says this fall's incoming class of undergrads the largest in 16 years. The university says the increase primarily due to growth among international students. OCU's campus is home to 90 international students from some 29 countries. And Indianapolis-based Second Helpings is relaunching its culinary job training program. Students and instructors will now shadow culinary professionals to better prepare them for future employment. The nonprofit says students will also complete a three-week internship. 
The South Bend Community School Corporation now closer to a deal that would hand over the system's headquarters, that building, to the city of South Bend, which would then turn it into city offices. And that's all the time we have for this week. I'm Gary Dick. Thanks for joining us. Go out and make it a successful week. Thank you for listening to the Inside Indiana Business Television podcast. Remember, you can get the latest business news from every corner of the state at InsideIndianaBusiness.com. I'm Gary Dick. Go out and make it a successful week.